stop short for everything along life and sexuality. We're here to overshare, educate, entertain. <laughs> so today's show, we actually have some guests, as you can see. We have Amanda of NVD, and she's also an architectural photographer. Please let it be known. Okay. And we have Emmanuel, who is a creative director and one half of the class prefect prefect podcast. Sorry. <laughs> but you get what I mean. We'll put the link underneath. So go check that out as well. So yeah, I think we should just like jump right into it. How are you guys doing today though, to begin with? Yeah. Tasted 
freedom. Mm-hmm. Back in so basically, <laughs> I was in school in Philly and I was living on my own and I was working for a year after college and I was lured back and tricked for NYS <laughs> and I've never been released. But yes, I've been working. You can play to the world, man. I've been to the front line. <laughs> but no, so I, yeah, I moved back to Lagos and now I live with my parents because the rent is. So, but I will say, your experience are definitely, I think it's just like they're used to certain ways they relate with us as their children. Yeah. But the fact is, once you, as you grow older, you're kind of like your own person, but you're still their child. Yes. And they'll never not see you as As their child. That's where, that's just the whole thing. Yeah. That's that's really like songs. I cannot lie. My parents still see me as mm-hmm. they are small, so we like, exactly. I was you guys threw me away. Yeah. Not like threw me, but I was in school. For a while, for the longest time, I left this country and I came back, and yes. then it's my fault for coming back. That's, that's I think the trick. no matter how far you go, because like I have been living on my own for a real about seven years, mm-hmm. and even though I have been on my own for so long, my mom still panics at the slightest thing. Like she will show up at the drop of a hat. I feel like there's something wrong. She always expects me to come home. She always expects me to call every day. So it's just they they find it hard to adjust to the thoughts of you being able to live on your own independently. But my own parents were pretty supportive because I moved out not by choice. I got robbed on my way home from work because I was in traffic and my parents were living in open state. I was working in BI. So it was just it didn't make sense for me to be there. So it was just quick, 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 get the house, get out, that kind of thing. But despite that they still try to impose certain rules. Mm. Like someone, whoever you are, you know yourself. <laughs> Went to report me oh, because no. someone I was seeing crashed in my house. Exactly. So uh-huh. my mom said, you must come home every week. This person will be checking on you every day. If any, exactly. So they will always, I think wow. they struggle generally accepting because I'm sure that my mom knew at that point. I was like, 21, 22, I'm sure, well, she probably didn't know, but she, she, she would have known that I was probably sexually active. Mm-hmm. I was probably doing certain things. So if I get a house, I think it is standard practice that yeah, whoever I want is But they will never see it like that. So they yeah. still try to go, we must come home and go to church. I this house, everything, you know. Profile, Like you can be a person, find out who you are as a human being. Yeah. 
Okay, it's so hard. Like when you spend so much of your life embracing that identity, mm. to just have to let it go is it's difficult. So Wait, I want to ask something. So you, we all see the benefits, obviously, like your freedom, being able to be your own adult. Mm. But there are so many strains that come mm. with moving out. Great. I personally mm. think that my life was significantly harder the moment I stepped out of my parents' house, mm-hmm. having to deal with rent as a woman, having to even find a place. Mm-hmm. Be like, what I'm going to bring to the struggle of renting in Lagos. That would be that's not even exactly, but like having to budget every single naira mm-hmm. you make every single month, having to deal with things like light and whatnot. You know, me, like, I don't know, I think there's a cost of like terrible landlords on my head. I am <laughs> from house to house to house. I've never once had a good experience with my landlord. So mm-hmm. sometimes I really do wish I could go back. It's just not a possibility for me anymore. Yeah. But at the same, like while it's like sometimes your parents' house can be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. There's so a level of comfort so that comes. Yeah. Just you can, like yeah. I know that even if I don't have a penny, if I have responsibility of taking care of the household was on me and financially as well was on me so she'd give me a certain amount of money and she'd say you have to spend this over a period of this amount of days and you're going to have that account for every single penny that you spend mm-hmm. so from the age of like 10 11 i already had that like financial knowledge and my father's an accountant so he always like encouraged saving money 
and mm-hmm. spending wisely, make sure you're taking care of your necessities. Mm-hmm. By the time I was 15, I was moved to a different country um, to school in Ghana. My parents took care of my my hostel uh, fees and all, but even at that, I had this um, since I was a kid this feeling of I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted to learn how to generate my own money. So even when I was in school, I started I started my first job. I started emceeing shows for people. So they would tell me come to Kumasi, we'll give you a place to stay, come and emcee this for us. Even so, I was earning. I I even started working on radio in school just to make money. So my parents would send me my pocket money, but then I, I wanted to make more money on the side. So I wasn't even a flamboyant life, but it was just enough to get me back. And I never, I made it a thing that I would never ever call home for money. And if, they, if, they, if I need money, it's based on my parents sending me because they felt a sense of obligation. So I sort of detached from that financial dependence on them from a very young age. So when it comes to moving out for me, it's really not a struggle because the mindset of budgeting, financial planning, um, learning how to spend your money well, becoming more financially literate is already a part of my being. Being responsible for food, um, taking care of people, nurturing. I'm my dad now. I want him to speak here. I know how to take care of a household. So when it came to doing that for myself, it wasn't much of a burden. And I think I'm lucky because the first apartment I got, my landlady is, she's actually decent. So we're not all perfect, but she's respectable. We don't have a lot of stress at home. Sometimes things are up and down, but at the same time, it's still relatively peaceful. And I stay in a peaceful estate. I love mm. where I stay. But I'm about to move out, mm. and I feel like I'm probably been enjoying a crew, though. I hope I don't get no bad landlord situation because it would yeah. not be nice. There was something you mentioned before about um, your mom panicking. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen if you move to a kid and I'm here? Do you think that parents, I think sometimes, their refusal to let you live in there stems from like some kind of fear mm-hmm. that yeah. when they can no longer see you, they can no yeah. longer protect you. Yeah. They can no longer be part of your day to day. So how you that you've moved out, how have you managed to maintain that relationship? Is it possible? Because I, for example, I call my mom five, six times a week. Like we yeah. talk all the time. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to her today. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the time, do you struggle with balancing? What's the difference when you're at home and then you move out? See, my relationship with my parents is quite... <laughs> wow! My relationship with my parents is very interesting. Um, so when I first moved out, it was a thing of I tried to visit home once every two, three weeks. And I tried to call my parents and send them texts. But then went through this very difficult period where I had to actually grow up emotionally because my childhood relationship with them was not exactly the most peaceful one. And I think it's something that almost every Nigerian kid can relate to. Your parents mm-hmm. the shit out of you, your parents verbally mm-hmm. abusing mm-hmm. you, your parents just and it's just stemming from not because they hate you, but like yeah. their own pain and their own trauma and it was like a lot of my parents' pain affected me as a kid that mm-hmm. when I moved out, part of it was I, I had to escape that pain. I had to get out of that trauma. So we had a period of me um, trying to maintain a relationship and calling and texting, mm-hmm. not too frequently, but once at least once every three weeks, uh, once every two weeks, I'd call, I'd go home once a month. But we went through this period where I completely detached from them. Like, I completely, I didn't see them, I didn't text them, I didn't call them, nothing. Um, and that's a possibility. Yeah, it is. Wow. And listening as a parent, it is impossible. For your kids to leave you. And, you know, my parents are very shocked when that happens. You know, it's a very, it's like, 
Nigerians have this idea of family that you must always be together. Forever. So the, the concept of me just telling my, it's like me telling my parents, my mom and my dad, like, if you live or die, I will be fine and I don't care. That's, yeah. It's a big shock. And it's not even, this life. So it's like just and I remember talking to my therapist about it and she said to me that Amanda what you're doing because I felt a lot of guilt about it but she said what you're doing is you are taking back control of the way you remain with your parents mm-hmm. that's what you're doing and that this space is necessary and it took a year and during that year I found myself healing my own childhood trauma mm-hmm. and at the same time accepting that the people I have as parents are the people I have I'm not wanting them to be more than, more than yeah. that. We're just like, okay, this is what I have. And saying I love you to them was not a thing of obligation anymore. It was like, I genuinely love you. But just stay 5,000 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's not terrible. So, like my, so after now, I'm in a place where I'm trying to like rebuild communication with them mm-hmm. and then step into talking to my parents as an adult. Yeah. So like not... When my parents call me, I feel a sense of fear. I don't want to pick up the call. I I'm trying to still own there. it. I'm trying I'm to say too. that if I can't talk to you, I will tell them I can't talk to you. If my mom is saying something I don't like, I can be able to say, stop it. That yeah. is not good for you to talk. Like my father sent me a text this morning when I go to the house and I want to, I want to reply and be like, how about good morning? Yeah. <laughs> how, about, how are you doing? first before you ask me authoritatively so about I'm when I'm coming to come and do something. Like relate to me, yeah. Well, yeah. I just wanted to because we need to round up this session. Mm-hmm. We wanted to ask you, Emmanuel, as someone like me <laughs> and dealing with our parents, you know, do you find that your parents, because you are at home, they don't understand that yeah, that they're a kid, no doubt, mm-hmm. but like they're an adult, yeah. and they need to go and find their own lives yeah. at this point. 100% like, true. They don't, I don't mm-hmm. know why. Like, no, but here's the thing. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like a, I don't think we give, I think we should cut parents a little bit of slack because, yeah. as we already said, they're already flawed human mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. Also, these are people who have lived with you. A lot of our parents rely on their kids as crutches in their mm-hmm. unhappy situations, mm-hmm. and you're leaving them. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to exist. As opposed to a, oh, fuck you, mom, fuck you, dad. You don't say that, obviously, but that's the stance you take. I have to do. How about we're leaving? What are you going to do when I'm gone? We don't think of that. It's not all about you. That's just the honest truth. Yeah. Do you get it? And the truth is that your parents have sacrificed everything for you. Like, as annoying as my parents get, like, I know what my mom has given up to do to give me the life that I have. Yeah. So I'm going to put in the efforts to make sure she's fine every single day. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know that she needs me. So how about we take that stance and think of, okay, we want to want our own lives. Well, how about this? I can try to help you find things to do to take your time. Yeah. Obviously, some parents will not be receptive. There'll be parents that will say, hey, if you are leaving, leave. You know, like, I don't know exactly. But I think that we should always like give Happy that room well. to have a great coexistence in yeah. receptive Sound ungrateful by saying I appreciate all you've done and all the school fees you've paid, 
But, like, that's the first thing. I also, like, I'm not indebted to you for life because mm. you raised me, which is what you're supposed to do anyway. Mm. Yeah. But if you yeah. say that, you're, that's very hard to say. You're saying, I had a therapy session with my first ever therapy session with my parents, mm. and I told them a lot of things mm. that I naturally would never say in yeah. my house mm. or anywhere else, right? So, like, in that session, I said things that I'm pretty sure, not that we're at home and everybody is looking at me, they're
in our lives, generally as adults, we always push this whole YOLO, oh, you live only once, so live your best life, do what, do what you want to do. But I think that at the back of our minds, there are certain um, expectations, there are certain norms, there are certain ideals that we still try to amend our lives um, to align with. And I'll give you a simple example. My own life, I always say I'm terrified of childbirth, or I've always been terrified of childbirth. And I always say, well, I'm very open-minded and I want to be able to adopt. I, I believe in adoption, I believe in surrogacy and whatnot. But I know <laughs> that when the time comes, it is at the back of my mind. When I'm talking to people, because I'm AS, I'm still asking them, are you AS? Are you this? Are you that? Because I know that at the back of my mind, natural childbirth is something I would want to try before I go anywhere else. I feel the same way about marriage. I always say, if I get married, if I don't get married. But I don't think I can date somebody just for the fun of it. I would be looking towards building a life with the person. So subconsciously, I'm conforming to the norms. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? We do that because that's how we've been programmed and trained for so long. Like that's just the formula. And it's like the very simple things like kids shows and playing with toys as a kid and playing house as a child and who is in the kitchen and who is in the house and everything. Those things we think are very insignificant build up to the image we have of what life should be, ideally. And even those of us who are like, oh, you know, no marriage, nothing. It's like, at the back of your mind, you're still like, but I should be this way. Mm-hmm. Even if you know, you know, like, it doesn't matter, but there's still something at the back of your mind. And I don't know how it got there, but Almost everyone has that like that game like you know what you're supposed to do is this even though you're still like you know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, Basically. I think that has to do with also how we're brought up as well mm-hmm. and the society that we live in, the environment, everything that happens to you as a kid or in those formative years mm-hmm. become a part of you in a way that you are unable to understand even as you grow up. Mm-hmm. There are things that you do, even when you do small things, the way I where I hold my knife and fork is strange, mm-hmm. but I went to a very British boarding mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. so that's all I know how to do. And I don't subconsciously like think about to pick up a knife and fork, mm-hmm. but somebody can point and be like, "Why are you doing that?" And I'm like, ah. "Oh, oh, yeah, I guess you get so like I think all these things that come out of our environment and our, our like upbringing and our subconscious things. as well." That that is a truth, and that there are some people who um, genuinely want those things. And I also think that as you get older, a part of you goes through that phase of rebelling against the norm, and then coming mm-hmm. to a point where you're like, oh, the norm actually is. Some of the choices we make may also even be biologically motivated. Don't ask me to defend it. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm still reading up on that. Okay. But I feel that even when it comes to something like marriage, for example, when you look underneath the construct of marriage, we want connection, we want companionship, we want someone to truly know us. We mm-hmm. want something that mimics that same family place. Yeah, yeah feels where we can truly be exactly mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that that's what that desire for that union 
is what um, pushes us towards, and the only way we know that that is manifested is through marriage. Mm -hmm. A lot of us only know, that's why it's good to have like different other forms of how you can have a long-term partnership, because people want to be together, but they may not even want to under that marriage situation. Yeah. Some people want to stay together for a very long time, mm -hmm. and they don't want to wear a ring, sign the paper, but for exactly. sure exactly. they want to be together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying yeah. <laughs> Honest. Honestly. Um, I was going to say, so I think that this this conversation that you just brought up, people want to be together, but they don't necessarily want that conventional marriage. But yet, when people, when certain people say, okay, you know what, I want this, but I don't want it in the conventional way. For example, when they decide to be a couple, three mm. people in a relationship, we hear that and we're like, ah, ah, what kind of abomination is that? But that's the internal like, thing we're used yeah. to. Like, so, that's the reflexive, because you know what it's meant to be two, why are you three? Like, yeah. it's a reflex thing. But is it so as two? Okay, so if you're religious, then you say the book that you read mm -hmm. is whether it's the mm -hmm. Bible or the Quran or whatever other book they might be. Mm -hmm. But if you but don't have a book, if you grew up in a society where it was just known that this is how things are done, and yeah. when you try to do something different, like why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, I think that human desire, um, strange reaction to us. If you go to a restaurant, for example, and they offer like an array of different soups, you not see one. All the soups offer like you see, mm -hmm. and you not see one soup that has some like good head inside. There is like alangala soup. <laughs> Your first reaction is going to be what? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? What, 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 what,
telling me. Everyone was like, you cannot go anywhere. I told me I love my shoe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Like, no. I, it didn't make sense. But, but like, as time went on, even they decided to come out. Like, actually, what you're saying makes sense. Mm-hmm. These children are saying the truth. But at first, they were like, put go home. Mm-hmm. But like, by the end of the first week, they were like, just listen to them. Like, exactly. You know? So with time, it kind of that would have worn them down. So are you saying that in the end, the way forward is just to revolt, to achieve? Because the truth mm-hmm. is that as long as we continue to suppress everything that we think is not normal, mm-hmm. we force people into living a life. Yeah. That's why you have what we hear people saying, oh, if you marry an Abuja man, you are not afraid of him cheating with a woman anymore. Mm-hmm. Because in, in reality, That's this person doesn't want to be with women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the expectation for society is that he should get married. So they go into these situations where nobody is happy. Mm-hmm. So how do you address it? Because it seems like the only way to do that is to stand up and say, you know what, fuck everybody, I'm going to do me. So, do you understand? So mm-hmm. how about, but at the same time, you do that, and then they are giving you 40 years. Mm-hmm. You do that, and people are. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have even people like people who don't believe in God. It's very, very rare that you hear anyone take anything they say seriously. And I think it is a personal conviction. I don't have to believe in God, in Jesus or Allah. Just as that. So it's not even just. It's 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 across board. We all say, "Oh, live your life," because that's the only way to survive. But the moment anybody tries to step out of the norm, we chop them down. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Look at the, for example, this person that decided to go on hunger strike a few months ago with regards to the anti-LGBTQ. Yes, outside the Honestly speaking, he's fighting yeah. for a cause that is paramount, yeah. like it's a priority for him. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody that thought what he was doing was a logical thing. Everybody was like, "What's wrong with this one?" Was it was the plan? Was he doing? I thought it was logical, even though it was dangerous, because yeah. there was a risk of his life. But yeah. I thought it was because a man was like that. He's going down in history books. When we do 10, 15, 20 years, 30, 50 years from now, when we're chronicling the history of the queer people in Nigeria, we're going to talk about them. Do you think so? Because do we even have a... I don't think that the Nigerian society even allows for a community of the queer people. So what history it doesn't allow... Does, it doesn't allow for it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. That in itself is yeah. rebelling mm-hmm. in, in its own way, in its own way. Because at the end of the day, you can't if I have a book club, because I just don't like books, I don't mean I don't have a book club yeah. doesn't exist. Like but it does exist. It does. They're just quiet in their own little circles, just doing their thing, documenting mm-hmm. their stories, talking about it with amongst themselves mm-hmm. and welcoming people who want to be a part of the community and who want yeah. to understand and learn. So it, it does exist. It's oh. just very unlikely. Because everybody trying to go to jail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody trying to go to jail in Nigeria? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think so. 14 years. Somehow, I, I don't know how this works, but every generation pushes the envelope a bit further. Because yes. now, like, I'm in the millennial group, and there's some things I see with Gen Z. I'm like, what the hell are you? So many things I see, I'm like, 
Why are you like you might know your parents said the same thing to you, so just trying to relax. So yeah, like yeah. I think that's how that yeah, is. I totally support like I learned so much from Gen Z man. Those yeah. we are rebellious. They just like you know what we don't like this music industry where you guys are controlling everything. We gonna do our own. Yes, you guys. We don't like your art, whatever you're doing. We gonna do our own. They went to YouTube. They went to SoundCloud. I'm like, I stand Gen Z. I'm not gonna lie. I stand. I respect, and I wish them the best of luck. You know. Yeah. Intelligent, intellectual, um, 
Nigerians who are willing to do the work and pay attention and do the research and think with their minds critically and show them like, okay, this is how you do it. You need to be strategic. You have the power, you have the energy, you have the voice. And we as millennials, we're the ones sort of running things. When you look at the big businesses in tech, in fintech, in music, we are the ones dealing. And so we're like, okay, for us that have the platform, how do we then welcome them? Because Gen Z's have the voice. And mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, sometimes the reason why they can't even act is because they don't have the platform and they don't have the power to do it. And they don't have the knowledge of the structure. So it's like, I'm a millennial, I'm in this industry. I see these Gen Zs, they're intelligent, they know what they want to do. How can I then use what I have to I'll help them? Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I, I want a new generation of Nigerians. Mm-hmm. I'll be, I hope to be alive 50 years from now, and I want the world I'm living in the seven, when I'm 70 to be vastly different from the one I'm living in now. I don't mm-hmm. want my parents, like the way my parents are experiencing the things. Same thing yeah, yeah, I don't want, yeah. So yeah. it's like, I, like, that's what I think, like help them mm-hmm. figure it out. What, what do you guys think about the fact that, like, um, with the Gen Zs, they look to other ways of expression. A lot of millennials don't talk about how they feel. Mm-hmm. They were conditioned mm-hmm. not to like talk about mm-hmm. it. It took up until last year, a lot of things happening in my house mm-hmm. for us to even have that conversation. start therapy with my entire family. These Gen Z kids are more vocal, but then they are also looking at more, they also have access to more yeah, things than we everything from drugs. Mm. Yeah, they have access to more therapy than we did. I talk about it a lot more at the younger age. Mm. But they have more drugs. They have new ways, new drugs that I don't really know exactly. about. New forms of everything. New forms of everything yeah. that they are using to deal with. From a much younger yeah, age, sure. I think. Exactly, from well. a much younger age. So like, Nigeria does not address any of these things. Mm-hmm. We live in a hush-hush community. Don't talk about this. I know someone who's young 15 year old kid who was caught doing some really like serious drugs mm-hmm. she just flew to the u.s and is in the u.s there i'm pretty sure that boy is doing what's there mm-hmm. because like she just took him out of the country that doesn't mean you're actually like fixing okay. the problem mm-hmm. but, so how do we as millennials you know actually come together in our different areas of life to actually build or have an opportunity to to bring the gen z's up in a way that you know, they don't feel like they have to turn to like serious drugs mm. or they feel like they have to do all sorts of shit just because they want to make more money so they can look for mm-hmm. on the gram and all those kinds of things that people think that that's all they're all about. We'll have to use TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is the answer. Right? <laughs> 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 you guys have to. <laughs> <laughs> to. <laughs> so, you can go to the
privilege and you found yourself to be a non-conformist, yeah. you also had a support system to always make sure that you're not looking at someone else because they seem to be flyer than you or mm-hmm. doing what you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should approach it with a, ah, why are you doing this thing? Because that's what our parents did. Yeah. So you be more open-minded, yeah. you be like more welcoming yeah. and think the same way they think because you're going through the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't be like, you just be yourself exactly I talking i mean the other day i was on my instagram and i was going through instagram stories and i saw um i think it was ashley okoli mm-hmm. talking about how people like look at how even she goes out because mm-hmm. of how the way she dresses mm-hmm. and people i saw somebody was talking about as well like he wears like i think it's andy robert talking about mm-hmm. his whole shorts there's nothing wrong in doing you at the end of the day exactly. in this like i know nigeria doesn't want you to feel like there's mm-hmm. there's like you are, you are okay being yourself mm-hmm. they want you to be a certain way but i think that's not an in-built thing because when you mentioned ashley something the first time i saw her i had a reaction right mm. to what she was wearing but like logically i know that reaction doesn't make sense because there's nothing wrong with what she's wearing but mm-hmm. my initial was like oh this is a lot <laughs> but Why you recognize it exactly. and that's the problem with us there are not enough people that recognize what they're doing and pull themselves back yeah most people just lean into yeah. the stereotypical like inside blog type of thing and yeah. just feed yeah. and feed yeah. one another yeah. yeah and if you're not one of the people who is like oh what i said is problematic those are people who now are the opposing People sure. in situation. I, I, and speaking about that, actually, when she says, like, when she goes out, people look at her. Mm. I can totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> the face of a man and the body of a woman, it is interesting as hell. Recently, just like two days ago, I was going to the mall, I was on a bike, bike man. The, when he saw me, his face was like, You're not asking me. He was like, With his hand, man or woman? I was like, I'm oh, wow. both. He was like, how? It's not possible. The whole ride was just him asking me conversations, questions about my daily life. That is rude. Do you think it's rude? But yeah. it's, that's my daily life. I don't think it's rude anymore. I'm, I'm over it. The man was asking me, like, ah, I like being so wild. I like your shape. Was, I don't like how you are like a man mm-hmm. and a woman. Then I came down and then he saw my tattoos. He was like, why do you mark your body like this? Oh, like, look at all these tattoos. He was like, I like it's tattoos. Smart. Then he now stopped in his bike and looked at me. He was like, wow. I like this woman. <laughs> so, like, and I realized, like, you think at first I used it's to be. Honestly, <laughs> it happens all the time. Even with kids. I see when I go to the mall sometimes, if I wear like a top and a pair of jeans and slippers mm-hmm. and I pack my hair off, I don't wear earrings, I look masculine. I can make myself look really masculine. Mm-hmm. So, these kids will see me and they'll just look at me and they're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Like, so I know, like, even they ask their parents, I'm like, when you see a boy or a girl, like, they genuinely, and I know that. Because I've seen kids and I've seen adults ask mm-hmm. the same question, I'm just like, it's not it from a place of spite mm-hmm. and it's not a place of hate. They're mm-hmm. just not used yeah. to it. Yeah. They're just not, and I see sometimes, even when I go out, I see some people and I'm like, is that a guy or a mm-hmm. girl? You do it's that a, as well. Yeah, it's a, so I realize like it's a normal reaction. They're yeah. like, just not used to it. And you'd be so surprised how many of them, when after they go through that phase of questioning you, he actually fucks with you. Like people yeah. meet me and they're like, I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm running, I'm running and I have my crop top on and then there's like muscles everywhere. I see bike men. Just like some men are just like there was one time a man a bike man was like, I shall I was like, 
which one, whatever you put, me I know myself. So that's like, important. That difference, like, in the beginning, it's unsettling mm. and uncomfortable. And it made me question myself, it made yeah. me question my gender, it made me question a lot of my... But then after some time, I came to myself and I, I just realized like people are just curious. And yeah. the more pleasant and not defensive I have been mm. about it, the easier I've been to that. And I just laugh and it helps because you just have questions. That's all you have is just yeah. questions. But yeah. yeah. I think right. the moral of this is literally just be yourself. Let your yellow be your yellow. And let your yellow apply to everyone else because we are all living individual lives and we deserve to do whatever the fuck we want. Well, we do reason, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go out there killing people. I yeah. Can I say drink? <laughs> ah, no, 
there was a Robert hmm. and there was a oh god what's this other guy's like it's so long guys I can't remember already yeah drink okay drink exactly drink drink I'm also gonna be up to move on so <laughs> drink that stuff Amanda so you know how it works, man. I know, I'm not going to talk. So it might be better for you to just drink. Yeah. Honestly. So, Emmanuel. Uh, is everybody's question, what's going on? Everybody's I'm question. Confused. Yeah. I'm going to ask everyone the question you're asking. Oh, everybody. Yeah. Ah, wait, 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 Sometimes I watch to jerk off, sometimes I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> 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 like, it's like, no, just like, how are you doing? Tell me, Sam, how often? <laughs> I pass on this question, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to answer as well? Yes, I do. Let's drink that. Yeah, I'm just gonna say a sibling. 
today's nightcap mm-hmm. is basically us teaching our listeners and potentially you guys and in fact mm-hmm. some of us us here, yeah. us here mm-hmm. you know what would be the introductory sex toys that everyone can use mm-hmm. you know should own mm-hmm. should own should have male and female everyone everyone so first of all do you guys use sex toys in your relationships or have yes have Never have. Never. Have. 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 Never. Have. Never. have. have. Never. have. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that I have. I'm currently in Presently. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So, like, if me, we, but never used sex toys before, what did I have? But I have not used those ready bands. Wait, so you both of you have not used sex toys? I never said that. I just said. Have anything to do with living in your parents' house? I mean, I think out of my parents' house as well. I'm not trying to, I have to take that back, sorry. The rest I have used. What can you imagine? I just think that's not what I'm saying. That's the topic for another day. Sex under your parents' roof. Oh, oh, sex as an adult, essentially acting as adults under your parents' roof. Yes, yeah. I'm crazy. crazy. Never, ever listen to that episode if I wanted. You see, mom, dad, as you're listening to this, just don't worry. It's okay. I am not. I'm just going to write on the page that my mom won't listen, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> my own will, so that's the silver and But like, um I'm not saying that I haven't, I'm just saying like if I was if somebody someone, who hasn't, what would you recommend to me as the one? Let's start with that. What's the one thing? Just just say it. You don't have to like go into any details about it. But just tell me like what would be that one thing you tell me? Tell me saying if you're going to get into this year, you need, to, you need to start with this. Uh, lipstick size vibrator. Hmm. Thank you. I was going to say that. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that. Don't go big. Start small. Because some people be looking at the big things. I'm like, like sis, you need to get it. Your, your clip needs to get familiar with that vibration. You know? Your body needs to know that foreign objects <laughs> can penetrate. So start small and then I think, I think that's, that's a tip for general. sex and life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, start small and then graduate into it. So don't, yeah. don't, I know your imagination runs wild, mm-hmm. but when you want to practicalize, you have to take <laughs> small doses. Because I know what you think you can take, sis, but no, you can't take it. I'm sorry, I don't know about you. What would be your one thing? What an introductory I feel like everything is introductory. I'm like, I am a vibrator that's usually like everyone's first go to. And then I think for guys, it's mostly the fleshy, like, fleshlight. Yes, this kind of thing. For the most part. So, but I don't think there's like, is that something before that? If they fall into that sex toy, they fall into according to my notes, they do. They do. Okay. So yeah, and that would be the definition of starting small. Even yeah. get used to get used to something so that is unconventional, you not having all that much control. Because ideally, especially if you're so it depends. If you're doing like self pleasure, that's a different mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you're using sex toys with a partner. The mental, you need to prepare yourself mentally mm-hmm. for the fact that someone is going to be in control of oh, your body, yeah. quote unquote. 
So you need, I would say, start with things like blindfolds, mm-hmm. things like, yeah, and those are, you don't necessarily have to buy, you can your scarf, your wrapper, mm-hmm. you know, you have to invest your money. But start small first, I mean, you cannot graduate into like clubs or like a vibrant or a deal club or whatnot. Exactly, and that just brings me to like what I was going to say, that for me, there's like five sex toys that everyone should have or use or know about, or know about at the very mm-hmm. least. Everybody knows what a dildo is, I hope. But if you don't, a dildo's main job is to is to please you with the penetration. Mm-hmm. What's that? I can't remember the phrase I was thinking about earlier, but that's the one, sir. That's a dildo. Usually shaped like a dick. Usually. But not all the time. Mm-hmm. The second is a vibrator, of course. Like we've mentioned, like we mentioned, it's like the most introductory mm-hmm. of sex toys, especially for women who are more who gets more pleasure from clitoral stimulation than penetration mm-hmm. stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a vibrator does. Usually, yeah. you would find that they come as two. You can have a dildo with a vibrator. You mm-hmm. can have, you know... Those are like the, the little things. Oh, yes, oh, that's oh, what clitoral oh, stimulation is. Does that actually work? Because, like, low-key, I'm not going to lie, I have tried um, vibrators or dildos that had the vibrating function. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was mostly a penetration thing. All that whole yarn of it stimulates you. Well, it depends on you as a person. I feel like I'm definitely more culturally stimulated than my No, what I'm saying is to the multi purpose. I don't want to do it. Do they do it? Actually, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To like so extend cool. your yeah. session. 
But then it also like it's just a part of being as well because a lot of popcorns also have like the, the so lid, yes. which also stimulates like. Well, like we've already established, multi-use things. They don't really work, man. Fair enough. It's fair enough. So fair, I think that's fair, like fair, four. Fair. Mm-hmm. I think that's four, and I think the fifth one for me would just be like a clitoral massager. And now I'm bringing that one in because with the clitoral massager, most people that like get into like thought of it masturbating when they actually have uh, sex unless you're in a you know weird situation or a fucked up situation in which you're forced into having sex which is not good but um there's other things in your household i'm sure before you can get to before you even go on on whatever watch i can buy a cultural massager or any kind of massager or masturbator which is what really is if you ask me there's many things at home. Mm. Enter your kitchen. Enter your kitchen. Mm. You never your cupboard. <laughs> beside your bed. You've got ties. You've got belts, as somebody so actually said earlier. It's actually a great. <laughs> that I would know. But it's actually a great. It's great for bondage. It's great for bondage. Mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned banana. Please keep the banana skin on. <laughs> Okay, I'm putting condom over it. I beg you, I'll wash the banana. Like, let's be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about safe sex on this show, so let's practice safe sex uh-huh. wherever we go, with yeah. whoever we are with, and whatever it is that we're doing, or whatever it is that we're using to do the things mm-hmm. that we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, I think that basically for me would I think everybody here has learned something from today's show. What would you yeah. I have say? a question. How do butt plugs work? Oh, uh, we're going to talk about this on the Instagram live. So if you okay. are not following us on the Tea with MT pod, you should be doing that right now because we're going to go on live and we're going to talk about this in more detail. So if you want to find out more, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. The best place to find out is on the Tea with MT Pod on Instagram. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Yeah. It was yeah. a pleasure yeah. to have you. It was fun to be here. Yeah. You guys check out Cast Prefects. Check out Indigi as well. Yeah. And get to know. Take care of your mental health. Yeah. Thank Cloud, reach out.